What's going on, everybody? This is your host, BJ Parker, and this is the Making the Turn Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the podcast. It's another episode of Making the Turn. I am your host, BJ Parker, and uh, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you joining us. And um, today I've got someone special. He's a mentor, a guy that's uh, uh, an icon in our area of the business, and I'm proud to have him here and uh, I'm excited to talk to him. I think this is going to be fun. Mr. Joe Kennedy, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks, BJ. Hey, no problem, man. Thank you for doing this. Um, have you heard the podcast? I have not. We're going to have to get you to. Yes, you are. I'm going to have to send you the link. That's, um, we, we're about um, six episodes in, so you're, you're going to be around number seven, depending on how I get the recordings done, but uh, I appreciate you doing this. Great. Well, um, you know, I may, have, I may or may not have ever told you this, but uh, you've been an inspiration to me. I was, I've appreciated our friendship. And I just wanted to say that um, thanks for all the things you've done for me. And and uh, I'm looking forward to sitting down and chatting with you. Oh, well, thank you for saying that. Well, um, we're at Beautiful Grove, and uh, it's a beautiful golf course. But uh, for those of people that are in our area or that uh, in the business, you, you, you've done a lot of things, and you've been around a lot of places. I'd like to know sort of your story, how you started, how, how you got in the business. And, and I know that could be a long, drawn-out story, so I'll interrupt <laughs> you and We'll bounce back and forth, but just tell me a little bit about how you ended up landing here, and and um, I'm sure there's somebody that probably hadn't heard it, and I know that I'd love to hear it, so tell me a little bit about you. Yeah, interrupt. I'm old. This might take a while. <laughs> so I grew up, my dad loved the game of golf, probably like most of us, we grew up playing golf. Or I also loved working in my yard, which was weird as a little kid. Uh, went off to college. Uh, got a job at Hardy's at night. I was the night manager at Hardy's, and a young man came in and said, I'm quitting. I got a job at the golf course, and you get to play golf for free. <laughs> and that, so I said, see if they need anybody else. So that's how I got there. Um, played golf on my college golf team at Brevard College. Uh, we weren't very good. But Did you say where you grew up? I'm I sorry. grew up on uh, Long Island, New York, the south shore of Long Island, the working man side. Okay. And, uh, Followed my wife. My, I've only ever dated one woman, uh, one girl, and we got married a few years later. That's awesome. Um, we started dating when I was 16. She was 15, and she moved to Western North Carolina the year before I got out of high school. So that's how I ended up in Western North Carolina and at Brevard College. Yeah. People say, how'd you pick Brevard College? That was the closest <laughs> one to Robbins. So yeah. That's how I got there. I worked at Glen Cannon Country Club in Brevard. Which, if you want to feel old, that course is now closed. Uh, not, well, no, unfortunately, no, no longer yeah. there. So, uh, and then I, uh, I got out of college. Actually, worked for the state forest service for two years. Not a lot of people know that, but they wonder how I know so much about trees. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, got a job. Actually, my first job was in the pro shop at Etowah Valley Golf Club. Kind of a long story, by chance, how I got on the grounds. But uh, one Sunday, the assistant golf course superintendent's mother called and said, you've got to send Charles to the hospital. We just took his dad to the emergency room. 
So there was two of us in the pro shop. So I went out. Charles said, I can't leave. I've got three more greens to mow and change the hose. So I did it, put yeah. it away. Superintendent came in the next day and said, uh, hey, where'd you learn to do that? And I told him. And really the rest was he just said, you want to come be my second assistant? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. So that, that's how it got going. And so from there, I stayed there three years. I went to a little course in Marion, North Carolina called Marion Lake Club. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had no money, uh, but I learned more there than I ever learned in school or as an intern. Uh, two years after that, I got offered a job about 20 miles away by a lady who just said, how come I'm losing business to this little place? And uh, <laughs> she hired me. I worked there three years. And in my big break, I interviewed for a job at, in Waynesville, North Carolina. Of course, Bob Cup was designing. And I interviewed. I met a little, basically, low-budget golf course, and I interview against the assistant from Augusta and the future superintendent, who's now a good friend, Ken Mangum, at Atlanta Athletic Club. I'm thinking, I'm never getting this job, and somehow, blessed by God, I got it. Yeah. So stayed there six years. It was going bankrupt. Bob Cup and I had become very good friends, and he said, do you and Robin have any interest in moving to Nashville, Tennessee? I said, well, I've never been there. He said, well, I think it's going to be a good deal. Well, it was 36 holes. and uh, So we came over, and really the driving force was I wanted to have a paycheck because the golf was in the dumper at that time. And yeah. um, So I got that job. Uh, the little course in Golf House, Tennessee, did not exist. That was actually a lady's home, and she did not want to sell it. So a few years later. And fast forward 27 years, um, I came to the Grove last July. Um, a, a, a friend of mine is the managing general partner and one of my very best friends, Mike Green, is my boss, and I'll put quotes around that because yeah. they kind of let me do what I want. So, And more importantly than that, my daughter works here, and I get to see her four days a week, and it's wonderful. And the guys here are great, really enjoy it. And it's funny, I don't miss Legends a lot except for the people that I worked with. I yeah. miss they're like a family, and... Still stay in touch. Told one I'm happy birthday this morning. So Sure. So you said your daughter works here. What does she do? She does a lot of their graphic design, a lot of the emails, and then she works at the front desk and greets everyone. And one of the most gratifying things for me is I'm still meeting new members, and every single one of them goes, so you're Katie's dad? I'll say, yeah, I'm Katie's dad. Oh, we love Katie. <laughs> it just makes you proud. Yeah, as a father, that's what you want. Yeah. So um, how's how do you set up here as far as your staff and and t- talk a little bit about the staff you got here and some of the key roles and guys you got and um you know maybe some of the challenges you might have here yeah it's an interesting place it's 18 hole golf course which i'm used to 36 plus so less golf course but we have about 900 acres of common area that's uh, hoa homeowners association grounds that one of my crews is responsible sure. for uh, that crew is run by Phil Persado, who's an ex-golf course superintendent. Um, does a really good job. Uh, I mean, it's spread out. It's hard to stay on top of. Um, he he has a crew of 13 to 19, so yeah. it's even bigger than some golf course crews. Yeah. Uh, I have, well, really, we don't call Scott Cole an assistant. He's called the superintendent. I'm called the director here. Um, and the plan is whenever I do decide to retire, which no one knows, not even me, not even you, right? is, um, Scott will take over. Uh, 
and he's and he's just a great guy and does a great job. And then the assistant superintendent is a, a young guy, Phil Terhune, who I've, he's great. I yeah. mean, if a job came up anywhere else, I'd help him get it. So, and then we have one of the best equipment technicians in the business, Tim Moore, mm-hmm. who. Uh, very, very detailed and just does a great job. I like to tease him that I walk by machines and cut myself just looking at them. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're set up so good. Well, um, talk a little bit about um, some of the challenges you have here. I know you said it's spread out over. Um, is there anything that sort of stands out to you as difficult? And you've been here, what, how long now? Just since July, just so I'm working on eight So months. you're still trying to figure things out? Yeah. Well, you know, I was around as a consultant for a couple of years, yeah. so I was real familiar with it. Yeah. Um, challenges here is irrigation water is not unlimited. Uh, Legends Club, I had way more water than I was ever going to use. It was reclaimed wastewater, but so we're a little and and this golf course is sand capped, so it does dry out quick, and we have enough irrigation water, but it gets tight once in a while. Um, yeah. I did learn that in my short couple of months growing grass. It really only grew the grass for three months, really two and a half, but right. and then it went dormant. Um, they've had, they've battled a disease on the golf, on the greens, um, Bermuda decline, take all root rod. It's called several different things. Right. We seem, we're knocking on wood as I say this, we seem to have gotten that under control. Um, we're hopeful we're not seeing any activity. Had a pretty good winter. So that, those are probably the biggest issues we've had. So, um, for those that might not, are not familiar with the Grove, you, you, you manage uh, Ultra Dwarf Bermuda Greens? Yes, we have Mini Birdie Ultra Dwarf. Uh, we're actually testing a new one called Mach 1 on our nursery. Looks uh-huh. pretty good. We have Zorro Zoysia Fairways yep. and four, mostly 419 Bermuda Grass Roughs and very little cool season grass. That's uh, that's a similar setup to what you had over at the Legends, isn't it? It is, with the exception I had Fescue Bluegrass Roughs. Right. Um, this actually is a little bit easier, I think, for weed control. Yeah. Because there's products I can use on the warm season that would might affect the fescue or vice versa. And now I don't have to worry about that. So. Yeah. And being a new course, there's just not as many weed seeds here as right. there was on a 27-year-old course. Well, um, are you doing anything on the greens that are, you know, you know they, what Bermuda's been around? How many years now? Twenty years or so. Pretty close. Yeah. yeah. Is there something? Is there any new t- new techniques that you're trying or seeing that that you may be implementing now, as, as opposed to, you know, maybe a couple years ago? Uh, no, not a whole lot. Maybe a few different different um, avenue, I mean, different ways to apply growth regulators. Yeah. We're split applying it here, which we we seem to see the off types less when we do that than putting down one big grate once a week. We're doing it twice a week. But we have the luxury in, in the budget to do that and right. the people to do that. Um, some places don't. Um, or the time. We're not as crowded as a lot of golf courses. Yeah. We're, we're getting more crowded, and it's more ex- crowded than I expected. But still, we do very few outings a year, um, and I was used to outing every day. Right. So it's got more time. We're closed on Monday. I've never in my 44-year career worked on a golf course that was closed on a Monday. How's that? That's uh, great. The <laughs> first Monday I was here that we were verticutting, everybody's just kind of taking their time. And I'm like, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. Scott turns to me and goes, you do know we're closed today. 
yeah. <laughs> That's something to get used to. Yeah. So how many? Uh, it's a member. Uh, member. Uh, it's private, right? It is. Yeah. Every resident at the in the property, and eventually there'll be seven hundred and eighty, I believe. There's a there's over three. It's about half of that now. Right. Uh, homes. Everyone that lives here is a member of some sort. Okay. So you're. Is that a requirement? Yes. A minimum, you're a fitness or social member, Uh and then it goes up to sports member and then golf member. Right. So everybody's a member, which financially makes us very sound as it fills out. And how many rounds do you all get? You know, I really don't know. I'm going to guess 15 to 20. Yeah. Something like that. And I'm guessing. I've been here long enough and haven't asked. And and honestly, most of the time, they won't tell you the truth anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Who does, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's yeah. so for those that don't know, I, I he, we're at the the Grove out in where where is this actually called College, College Grove. Grove out mm-hmm. in uh, Off middle eight forty eight forty and just south of Franklin, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So it's a great place if you get a chance to come out and and play it. I I know that they'd love to have you and <laughs> may have to play with somebody that's a yeah, member or yeah, play with a member or, or you play with me yeah. if I'm reach out to Joe or whatever. Um, so I know. Um, Back when you were at the Legends, you uh, had several different things and and that go on, went on there and and t- but talk about the transition from bent grass to the Bermudas and how that and, and some of that uh, things that you went through and some of the challenges you might have had. So what I try to do with this podcast is kind of give guys some advice or things that they might sure. experience. Yeah. And so you've been around the block a few times, and I'd love to hear your take on your conversion. I know at Brentwood, we were kind of, I came in and it was already done, right. but we were one of the very first ones that had it. Right. And I loved it, and we had, uh, you know, talked on many occasions that y'all might end up doing it, and then you ultimately did. So talk a little bit about that, if you can, and 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 what, what sort of things you learned from that experience. Sure, and I don't mind saying I'm going to repeat something I said before, but the first superintendent to do it in town, I said in a kind way, well, he's either going to be an idiot or a genius in a few years, and he turned out to be a genius. Yeah. He was a smart guy anyway. Yeah, he is. Um, so I got to watch that process, yep. and then I got to learn, as he did, from his mistakes. So I also was fortunate to be maintaining the golf course at uh, Golf House Tennessee, so we already had some Bermuda grass plots over there. Yeah. So, and I won't tell you I didn't make mistakes at first, didn't vertical enough, didn't top dress enough. Right. But you kind of learn, and the equipment's improved, too, as we went. We have better verticutters that remove more material, things like that. So I've kind of learned. And then really when we started out, everyone wanted you to put six or eight or ten pounds of nitrogen on a green. And, you know, I fortunately just didn't believe that right. and didn't do that much. And I probably put too little. So we'll kind of bounce around and figure that out. And biggest surprise with it is the amount of water. It takes more. We we put a little bit more water on it, I think, than we did bent grass, and yeah. not quite as controlled with bent. You did a lot of hose watering and things like that. And um, the the how quick, if you don't do something, they'll just get out of hand. Grain, right. grain will start, and people will be complaining about putting. So learned a lot about the spring transition. I mean, when I know uh, you you had the same thing when it sure. first we we didn't spray Primo early enough in the year. We're a little afraid it's coming out of dormancy. And so we had a two, three-week period where they didn't putt very good. Yeah. Well, now people are spraying Primo or growth related or as soon as they see any green grass, they're starting. And it kind of gives us a better spring, and yeah. just things like that. And then I've been really shocked 
I just figured disease wouldn't be an issue, and it's it's just as big an issue on, ben, on Bermuda as it is Ben. Yeah, I've, I've always, and that's the that was the sort of the eye opening thing for me is that the 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 call, the, the if you sh- if I opened my chemical application log and showed you it and didn't tell you what grass I was maintaining outside of the times of year I sprayed everything, you wouldn't know which I, what I was spraying yeah. because it, it, it was tricky, and it, and it did take some a lot of inputs. And based on, and you know, depending on your level of budget, right. uh, would afford you your your level of maintenance. Well, but yeah. What you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. If we're, you know, we're asked to keep the greens rolling about 12 here yeah. to get much below 11 and a half in the season. We hear about it. Sure. Well, so it takes a little bit more than a guy that's not that worried about speed. He might be cutting them a little taller, not rolling them as much. Yeah. Things like that. So, but I was asked, does it save money? Now, in my opinion, yes, it does because I don't have guys out there hand watering all day. You know, nobody's here all day on the weekends. Yep. We come in. So, labor wise, I think I save money. And then people say, well, what about covering? You got to pay those guys to cover. Well, it's pretty much done during normal hours, or if we have to come in on a Saturday and cover, we take off on a Monday or right. something like that. So, it's not an issue. I always frame it a little different. I, I do agree with you. I think that you can reallocate resources in different ways. You get to do things that you wouldn't normally get to because yeah. you've got guys chasing. Well, yeah, I didn't give the money back. Yeah, but it's, no, you don't. Yeah. yeah, you're not giving anything yeah. away. It's 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 not found money. It's just redistributed. Not right. That's a yeah. great great thing to look at. Um, so, how's the golf game? Uh, it's in a dumper right at the moment, but I haven't played in several months. You, I still play. Fairly well, yeah. not as good as I used to. But very rarely practice, or maybe I play once a week with yeah. a friend from church. We play it Tuesday nights, and he just had shoulder surgery, so I may need you to come down and play. <laughs> I don't get to play at all anymore. I, that was the one. That's one of the big things that I wish I'd. I mean, I was playing all the time. Yeah, when you're I was, a good player. Well, yeah, I, I would like to think that I was, but I mean, I just yeah. I don't get to do it anymore and, and um but i'm curious i've had this i've had this conversation i i had a, a professional golfer and instagram influencer on a couple of podcasts ago and and i asked him this question and i'm, I'm curious to kind of get your th- thoughts because you're better than average player and, but um what is what is your thoughts on the playability of say bent grass versus bermuda grass if you if you take it at the, their, them both at their best what what do you have an opinion on that you know, you know, I've always been considered a pretty good putter. I can't tell a lot of difference yeah. at their best. Yeah. Um, at their best. And I think for Middle Tennessee, not for other places I can't speak for, but day in and day out, Bermuda's better. And because my main reason for that is the, the main July and August yeah. when Bink gets kind of soft and beat up, Bermuda's at its best. Sure. And people were, what about the wintertime? Well, it rolls, if you're not careful, it rolls too fast in the wintertime. Sure. So it rolls just as good. Um, so now, is it as pretty? No. It's no. not as pretty. Yeah. And we still get ball marks, but not to the degree. We get more ball marks in the wintertime than we do in the summertime. So, yeah, I mean, it's, and I was always a very zero to two handicap until recently. Yeah. And I just always felt like properly maintained there what i didn't feel like there was a lot of difference and the best greens voted on tour for the last several years have been bermuda grass yeah i would think as a general rule 
I, I don't know. I, I, I lean both ways on this. I think I'm a little bit more of the bent grass, maybe just because I've, I've seen some really good. But I'm like you. I don't think at their best there's a whole lot of difference. Yeah. I get more caught up in this, the, the question, and you hear sometimes on the, on the tour or somebody will say it on TV that they talk about how the grain affects the putting. And I, I'm not 100% sure that I agree with that. I, I, I mean, I know there's grain in there in the Bermuda, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it if I missed a putt because of it. I think I just hit a bad putt. Uphill or downhill, maybe, yeah. a little bit, but I don't know. Do you have an opinion on that? Well, a lot of times I think it's something for the announcers to say. Well, yeah. And uh, I haven't seen it on well-maintained greens a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes you're putting uphill, maybe. Yep. I've seen grain on bent grass. I mean, it's not... Yeah, it's not uncommon on bent. So I, a lot of times, I think it's just something for the announcers to say, and, and sometimes it's true. Sure. I mean, and, uh, but yeah, if you don't stay on top of the room, it'll it'll happen a lot quicker than it will with bent. Oh yeah. So. Talk a little bit about your uh, winter management program on your greens. Is like, often you change cups. Do you paint? How? What's your sort of guideline for covering? We did paint. Uh, we painted a couple times. I'm not really into being bright green although they, they really look good today because a lot of the colors its own color yeah um we we change cups twice a week usually early in the week and then friday for the weekend um, i'd like to do it more but i don't want a million old cups out yeah. there we mow very rarely uh, really December, January, and February, probably mowed once each month. Yeah. And we roll t- about 20 feet on either side of the hole once or twice a week. And that's it. Yeah. We don't. And a lot of that's not to harm the green. We don't want to beat the collars up right. around the green. And they roll fine. They're staying. In the wintertime, they understand a little bit. So if they stay around 11 or something, you know, that's fine. That's, right. It's okay. Nutrient-wise, very, very little. Yeah. Uh, we stop spraying fungicides probably early October um, really don't do much so we have because of some other problems we've had here we're spraying uh, soil penetrance and a and acidifier fertilizer all winter or it's a synthetic acid we're spraying yeah. and uh, I have a theory I can't comment on right now <laughs> That's right. seems to be working <laughs> so, yeah or actually I can comment and I can't explain it sure <laughs> Did you do any wetting agents at all? I mean, one of the things I always worried about was winter desiccation we, as being. We do yeah. in the winter. Uh, uh, yeah, you, that's the one thing you do have to watch out for. It's more damage done by dry soil, dry and cold, right. than wet and cold. So yeah. we we see usually when we cover, if the soil moisture is not up, we will water before we put the covers on, not to saturation. But, yeah, and you can always tell if they're dry. And oh yeah, that can, was always my concern. Was it? They being too dry because yeah. you can get dry periods in this time of year. Oh, no, there's no doubt. Then you then you're really fighting an uphill yeah. battle with. Probably the hardest thing to figure out is when to cover. You know, as everybody's got their own little, and when to put two covers on. Yeah. Don't ask me why two covers work. Doesn't make any sense, but it does. Um, anyway, so do you have a guideline for your cover? You know, probably process? like everybody else, forty, uh, not going below twenty five, not going above forty the next day, but. Yep. It just really depends on what the soil temperature was when that happens. I've been uncovered down to 16 degrees with no damage. Not intentionally. They predicted 23. Yeah. And it got to 16. So uh, they were fine. Uh, we had a little bit of damage, not death damage, but color damage last week. And they were covered. And yeah. it was 17 degrees. So 
they're fine. They'll grow right out of it. But it's a really subject. Some guys are very, very cautious, and some are not so cautious. And, you know, I need these greens to look good April 1st. You, know, you got a big I, deal? I, no, I just, yeah. you know, we don't want to take till May or June sure. for them to look good. So. Yeah. It's a big deal out here. I mean, it's, it's well, it's not my first housing development, but it is. They're selling real estate, and mm-hmm. and they're selling expensive real estate, and yeah. it's not cheap to belong here. So, I mean, there people expect a lot, and they should. Yeah, so. I agree with that. I, not that you asked my opinion, but my my thing on the winter um, program for me was I was always more concerned about this time of year, the transition part, yes. than going into dormancy yeah. fully. And so I wouldn't necessarily get too concerned. Like, it, it has a lot to do with the soil temperatures, obviously. Mm-hmm. But when you start seeing it, because the covers, and I, they just typically don't go dormant. I mean, fully. Right, I mean, completely. if you went out and sprayed Roundup, you'd find that out real quick. Yeah. And um, so I would always really err on the side of caution this time of year. And we wouldn't, you know, you, you want to get the covers off the course. You want to get out all that unsightly. And I don't know if you, you guys may. to leave them out. Yeah, you guys may pull them in and out. But time. we. We, we didn't have the ability to do that. But, you know, and you pull them in too soon, you got to put them back out. And so it was always this balancing right. act. But right. um, I, I I think I, I kind of term this time of year being the what the summer stress period would be for Brent grass. Yeah, I agree. Because yeah. you, you've spent some carbohydrates and some energy greening up to the point we're at. We don't want them to go back and have to do that again. So no. this is more of a danger zone now than even the dead of winter. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Plus, once they're green, the members and the golfers really don't want to see them go back. So, right. And I don't I don't either. I'm ready. I'm already ready to start verticutting and top dressing. We're not yet, but yeah. I'm ready. I mean, you always – we have – as superintendents, we have this – I don't know what you call it, this – sort of over overreaction to sunny days but you're like everything's got to get out of the shop we got to do this we got to top dress we got to burn as soon as this first sunny day hits exactly i don't know i guess that's being cooped up and this in this area of the country the transition zone has been it's 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 difficult it's talk about the uh, do you have any issues with flooding i know a lot of guys do well, I think we could, yeah. but um, we did not in yeah. all the rain we've had, which was, what, th- 13 or 14 inches in February. Yeah. Um, it got up, you know, for me, it got it didn't didn't get on the golf course. It did, well, it did go across a couple of tees, but didn't, it's backwater, didn't really hurt anything, didn't even leave anything there. So. Right. Um, and, and I don't think it'll get, it could get a lot worse than that. I, I assume if it came like 2010, yeah. they did have a, a bridge it wasn't open but they had a bridge move in 2010 which we wouldn't that wouldn't be fun but yeah we had no problems and yeah. they they built the golf course they sand capped it and put drainage underneath it just basically like a green yeah. and so we're off the car path a lot i yeah. mean we were on the car path monday and off the car path tuesday or we were closed monday but we were off yeah. the car path by tuesday and it rained pretty hard over the weekend it drains pretty good so uh, we've done done a lot of things for that, but flooding wise, no, it handles water pretty well. That's awesome. Yeah, I know it's been a a, a difficult challenge for guys in the area, and and seeing a lot of people struggle with that. Well, we control right now. It's, oh, it's terrible! It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you you mentioned something a while back or earlier in the podcast about the irrigation. Uh-huh. I want just touch on what you said about having not unlimited water. Talk about the challenges that you have there. Well, we have well water, yeah. and uh, 
the wells replace about a half to two thirds of what we could potentially use yep. each day. And with sand cap, we can't let them go too long. They'll burn as fast as like a green where, I mean, and to the point of death right. if you don't get some water on it. So we just have to be careful. They did not have a weather station. We're actually installing one next week, which um, a big part of that is the ability to cut the water off if it does rain in the middle of the night. Yeah. And all of us will get on our phones if it, it's raining at 8 o'clock, but what happens if it happens at 2 a.m. and yeah. the greens or something else in water? So we're wasting that. We're, we will be ET-driven, I really believe. We have the Lynx, Toro Lynx irrigation computer and uh, I've always as long as that, that's been available I've had a weather station that drove the irrigation and sure. spent a lot of time programming it we'll do the same thing here so um, I think that'll save some water um, not that it was managed very well before I got here uh, we've made a few tweaks and changes obviously yeah. but um, I didn't inherit a mess that's for sure so but irrigation wise we just don't we just have to be careful. Right. We're Legends Club. We had, we were guaranteed 2 million gallons a day. We didn't come close to using 2 million gallons a day. Yeah. Whoever wrote the original effluent contract with the city was pretty smart. <laughs> we were not only guaranteed 2 million, we were guaranteed the first 2 million. So if something happened at the plant and they couldn't produce more, anybody, we could call and demand they all get cut off, which we never did. We right. I wouldn't do that anyway. So, so when you say guaranteed, is that... Um, how does that work? I didn't have to take it, but yeah. if I needed it, we could get it. So our irrigation lake had a valve that sent a signal. Well, it actually opened. It used to send a signal. It opened when the water got down about six inches, and it would run until the lake was back full. Right. And so really our irrigation lake was rarely ever low. By 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning, it was back full. So I never had any. Now there's downsides to that water, yeah. too. It was high in bicarbonates so not not as high as what you would see out west but high enough that we had issues with it so yeah. um, but all in all it was really good water so do you what are your thoughts uh, effluent versus well water in terms of the effluent that's available in middle tennessee because of the state's requirements yeah. is tertiary treated so it's basically what I've been told and investigated, it meets 1978 drinking water standards. Yeah. So other than, it's fine. I had no issues at all. I'd probably rather have that than the well water. So pH is a little bit higher on the well water. Yeah. But, uh, bicarbonates are a lot lower on the well water. So I just like the fact that I didn't really have to think about if I needed the water or not. Yeah, I mean. So... It, it's, it was quite a blessing. So, And then, you know, the city of Franklin has now expanded that program to a lot, well, West Haven Golf Course and then a lot of other areas. So they're, they're producing way more than 2 million gallons a day. And we never had an issue with it. Yeah. So Is that because of the growth of that area or is that what's the... Growth? Yeah, the, their production is because of the growth. I mean, yeah. we, were, we were guaranteed 2 million gallons a day in 1991. And, I mean, Franklin's not the same town it was in 1991 did they ever come back and try to renegotiate that or want to give you more <laughs> no it was a 60-year contract oh wow somebody was smart enough to write it for three 20-year renewable terms so when i took the job it was like uh-oh effluent what's this contract what's going to cost us and they're like you'll be long gone for that contract <laughs> so they were right too yeah um do you have any capital projects or anything that are upcoming well we just finished a bunker renovation program um, we have a better belly bunker system that 
we made a few improvements to, yeah. and then replaced all of our sand. We went to the point where we washed it out and fixed our liners and had, them, had it glued and then put all new sand in. So literally, we just finished that about a week and a half ago. So we had 57 bunkers, totals about 110,000 square feet. I think we used 2,600 tons of sand. And where'd you get your sand from? Uh, bulk aggregate in Atlanta. It yeah. was uh, what they call tour angle. And as a How'd that process go? Getting it from them was great. Yeah. No issues whatsoever. If I called, I mean, they brought it pretty almost faster than I could put it out. Almost. How did the selection process go? We yeah. talked about that earlier, yeah. but I want to hear the story. I'm smart enough and old enough to know <laughs> that any superintendent that picks a bunker sand is just asking for problems. Exactly. So, uh, I went to the owner and said, uh, what golf courses do you like? He plays a lot of different places, a lot of high-end golf courses and uh, he told me so i got found out i said will you take a group he took about eight super eight members or he and seven others yeah and went to several high-end golf courses and then they came back we like the sand at the farm in dalton georgia the best and and then it's also at east lake golf club mm-hmm. and and he said go with that and it was also if white matters it was very very white yeah. and uh and so far, I think all the rains helped us in that fact. It's, it's the bunkers are like feel like they're a year old already. So they're packed so well. Yeah. Um, but the members, I have not had one negative comment, which is highly unusual after sure. you finish a project like this. So, but it's it went really smooth. It was we we did it in house, which That's is unusual. Yeah. Um, the boss kind of looked at me. He said, "How many golf courses you've been involved with?" And consulting wise, constr- in construction, I've done. I guess there's no telling 20. And he said, y'all can do this in-house, can't you? And I said, yeah, we can. <laughs> <laughs> you got the old dreaded, you've been around the block, you can yeah. do it. And we did, we yeah. had a good time. I actually ran one of the excavators most of the time. Yeah. And then we have a guy that used to work for several different uh, golf construction companies, decided he doesn't want to travel anymore. Sure. He's on our staff, and we pay him very well. And he was great. I mean, it was really only about a five- or six-man project. It was yeah. so mechanized, we didn't. Yeah, the rest of the crew was out thinning trees and trimming trees and doing all kinds yeah. of other stuff. That's so, great. Yeah. Anything else that you got on the horizon? Or is that the only thing that y'all? Uh, that's got for the now? biggest thing. Yeah. Uh, we're hoping. I'm hoping he'll approve another project. Our driving range is not great. It's yeah. kind of like they finished this spectacular golf course, did a really good job, and then somebody said. Oh, yeah, we need to build a driving range. Yeah. Our tees are fabulous. Our landing area, they have very little drainage. It's sure. just, so we've got to do that, and I'll probably do that. And I'm hoping he approves uh, redoing those bunkers next winter. Is is this golf – I know it was originally designed by Greg Norman. Is he, is he still involved with it? He's still the architect of record, yeah. yeah. So, so do you all have to consult with him on anything? Or I would probably say no. Yeah. Um, I can't. Not 100% sure, but yeah. I know that the owner, who's very, 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 very good golfer, sure. um, had a lot of influence, at least on the back nine. Mm-hmm. And then how the bunkers, uh, I know originally they wanted to do these ragged edge bunkers that Greg likes to do, and the owner's like, number one, I don't like how that looks, and number two, it's really hard to maintain. So <laughs> no doubt. They got, they got rid of that. Yeah. So, it, um, You got any big... Uh, tournaments that you've got coming up? Uh, we this we always have something. So this year's the state uh, senior four ball in uh-huh. May, 
And then we have an MTSU collegiate tournament in the fall. Uh, we have the USGA senior uh, ladies and men's qualifiers on the same day in yeah. August. So we're always doing something. Sure. Uh, last year they had the state open. Um, I don't think there'll ever be a, any kind of PGA. or It could hold it. I mean, things 7,600 yards long yeah. from the back tees. But uh, I don't think they're that interested in that. But I may be proven wrong. So, Well, we'll see. I mean, this area could probably certainly take on one eventually. Yeah. And if, you know, if I'm still here and they do, yeah. then okay, great. It's your course. We'll do it. <laughs> We'll do what you want. So, you uh, you've obviously been doing this a long time. Has, has there been a tournament that you've enjoyed hosting the most at any of your places, or have you got a particular story of one that you've done that that uh, stands out to you? We did. Yeah, I did. I've done a lot. We we've done several. Well, at Banterville, we did a lot of state opens. Mm-hmm. Never did hold the state out. I'm not really sure why. We did uh, six LPGA tournaments. Uh, had horrible weather for all six. It rained, and you know it was just awful. Like yeah. you were at Brentwood at the time, yeah. or maybe at the golf club. Uh, probably my favorites were the Vanderbilt men's and women's golf tournaments. Cause, uh, we they generally drew the top golf um, teams in the country. Yep. And then we had the NCAA Women's Championship. We had the USGA Girls Junior Championship, which that was a lot of fun. Uh, and it was fun. The college tournaments are fun because you get to go on and follow these guys. I mean, here, you know who the best golfer sure. from Alabama was, and now he's way up there. And I like, I felt like part of the Vanderbilt team. It was the hardest, really was the hardest thing for me to leave. I actually got tears in my eyes when I went to tell the coaches. And uh, yeah. still follow those kids, and I've offered to caddy for all of them whenever they're on the tour. But they, if they want to win, they won't do that. So I, I enjoy tournaments. I I don't know. It's never been a goal of mine for U.S. Open or PGA or anything like that. It never was a goal of mine to, to even try to get a job at those kind of golf courses. I guess I could have done it. Yeah. I'm organized enough to do it. But but I enjoy the amateur. I probably enjoy amateur tournaments more. So yeah, who is who would you say was someone that I mean that you've sort of looked up to or reached out to or had had as kind of an influence? Oh as, gosh, without a doubt, it's Bob Cup. Yeah, um, and a very close second is Billy Fuller. Um, Billy was the superintendent at Augusta from eighty to eighty six. I met him in the winter of. 86, I think. He was just about to leave Augusta. Yeah. Um, to this day, I just call him my older brother. But uh, Bob Cup, without a doubt, um, I took every year. I uh, He hired – I got hired on June 22nd, 1985 for the superintendent's job at Laurel Ridge. And uh, it was a construction job. And, and, and I loved every minute of it. Well, pretty much every June 22nd, I would – for years, I wrote him a handwritten letter and said – Thank you so much for that opportunity. And when email came along, I'd write him a letter. Yep. Thank you. I mean, I did it for until he died, 26 years. I thought about doing it to his wife, who we're yeah. friends with too. But without a doubt, I've had a couple of superintendents. I mean, several superintendents I look up to. Um, without a doubt, David Stone and Rodney Lingle. Um, and there's a ton of people at lower budget golf courses that I look up to because of what – and I've been there. Yeah. But what they get out of that money, um, 
mean, there's a lot of young guys, just and people in general, but, you know, without a doubt, in the industry, Bob Cup, there's no doubt. And we had a, we, we had a bond. I mean, there was just, our, you know, our faith was the same. Or, sure. So just without a doubt. And like I said, Billy Fuller's close second. Yeah. So, and not too bad of guys to have as your mentors. No, I wouldn't. So. I wouldn't. Yeah. I would say those are a couple of good ones. I had an older superintendent, no one would ever know. His name was Russ Birch, and uh, Russ was in, I was in North Carolina at the time. He was a really good guy. And one day I'm in my office uh, just sweating, looking over James Beard's golf course management book, and he walks in my office. What are you doing? Oh, I'm looking up so-and-so. He goes, just put the book down, go how you feel. <laughs> and, and I actually, that uh, that actually helped me a lot. Yeah. Yeah, just go with your gut a lot of times. So Sometimes, that a lot of times that works out. Well, as you get older, too, you've seen it. You've almost seen it all before, yeah. you know, to some degree. So, you, how much do you have to? I mean, I used to scour every book I could, every sure. scientific periodical I could, any salesman that came in. I, you know, which isn't always a good thing to learn from them, but right. just because they're selling certain products, sure. but not they're all good guys. But, <laughs> uh, but anyway. a lot of them are listening. A lot of them are listening. So, um, what is a uh, what is something that, um, you know, what would you say to a young guy that's coming up as far as an assistant or someone who wants to be in your position? What, what, what sort of advice would you have for them? Uh, I wish I didn't have to say it, but coming out of college, try to intern at the nicest places you possibly can. Yeah. Um, you know, work hard, be honest. Be sure that this is what you want to do. I, I never stop thinking about it, like ever. Like I'm can't turn it off. I I'll be laying on the lake on a Saturday afternoon, wondering what what the heck. How's the golf course? Golfers happy? So uh, that kind of thing, um, you know. And make sure anybody that you're gonna marry or be serious with that that they understand that. Yeah. You know, for years and years and years, I'm gonna have to work weekends. I'll have to run down there at night when the pipe breaks. I'm gonna have to. I mean, the other part is if you don't love it, and I fortunately do and still do to this day, then don't do it. Because you won't be happy very long. Yeah. So. That was going to be my follow-up. What's kept you going so long? I, you know, it's a passion. When I was a kid, I used to redo my front lawn. I mean, I'm like 10 years old. I got a pitchfork out there, and my dad would get so mad at me. <laughs> and uh, I I just engage. I mean, I just – because people start asking. I'm in my 60s now. And people yeah. say, when are you going to retire? I'm like, why would I retire? Sure. You know, I still love what I do. They pay me well to do it. And, you know, I guess I, I hope that someday I know one – when that day is, yep. but I feel like I'm about 30 years old and I'm not, but uh, get out. Well, I think one thing too with me is I enjoy getting out beside the guys and doing stuff. I'll yeah. go help sod. I'll go help, you know, do whatever. Like I ran the excavator for four months. Yeah. I, I just enjoy it. So, but, uh, yeah, I, it's just, it's not who I am, but it's a big part of who I am. So yeah. I always like to say that, um, being a golf course superintendent is not, not who I am. So, it, you know, it's a tough business. It's I I I've asked the, the question a couple of times, and I've had you know I I have a daughter who worked for me. Thought it was the best thing for her as far as learning a lot of the, you know, just discipline, the responsibility, mm-hmm. some of the work ethic that goes in. It's the day to day grind. It's the mm-hmm. responsibility because they seen they seen me come and go, but they sure. didn't really understand. And, you know, and my son trying to figure out what he wants to do, 
I'm like, you know, you got to really love this. He, you know, he said, maybe I want to be a golf course superintendent. I'm, I said, you really got to understand what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. I'm not steering you away from it, but I, I think there's probably some advice you need to hear from me that you've probably not, you know, we right. not had that conversation. And, and so I know that guys, it's so tough, this industry now that I've, I'm, I'm, Unfortunately, you're right. I think it's more about where you work and some some of the people yeah. you work for and some of the resumes that you can, you know, places you can stack on that resume to get to where you want to be because, um, you know, you just it's just difficult to get to a position where, like, to be in a spot where you've been in it for so long like sure. you have. There's too much competition for yeah. every job, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll speak honestly. I mean, when I, when I was let go from Brentwood, and I didn't know what I really wanted to do. I, I explored a lot of different golf opportunities, mm. and I was picky. I mean, there I was. I felt like I'd had enough experience that there were certain opportunities that I just needed to go after, and some that that I wasn't willing to look at. Right. And I I probably out of maybe twenty twenty five over the couple of years that I dabbled at that, um, didn't even get a even. I hardly, I probably hardly got any responses that they even got my resume. Yeah, and I felt like that that was telling me something, and it was also saying that I was, I was either because I heard it in a couple of interviews. Why do you want this job? You're overqualified. I'm like, I wouldn't be here if I want, didn't want yeah, this job. You you know? So it was tough, and and so you know, I, I'm, I just don't know the right answer to tell someone other than they, like you said, just grind it out, find a passion. And realize what you're getting into. Yeah. It's a tough time now because when I was coming up, it was almost a superintendent's carousel going on. Somebody would get a better job and five other people would move yeah. to move up. And today it's just not the case. And then, as I said before, in my case, and there's a lot of people my age, a 55 and older crowd, if they've done their job properly, when they do retire, somebody's already here for that job. Sure. And and it happened at my last job, and hopefully it's going to happen here. Hopefully it will happen here. Yep. And, uh, you know, so there's not a ton. you guess you got to be in the right place at the right time. And I'm not saying I'm the best superintendent in the world. I met the right people that helped me along in my career for whatever reason. Yep. Uh, they liked me. I don't know. Maybe they liked my wife. I, you know, they <laughs> liked my family. Uh, you know, Bob Cup said, I said, well, how did I get this job? He said, well... We didn't really look so much at your education or where you were. We knew you did a good job, but the big deal was you were moving up in your career. Yeah. You were married, you were stable, and you were moving up in your career. He said that's that's what we were looking at, you know. Yeah, they knew what they were getting. So, and it's been I've just been blessed. I mean, I I know superintendents that I think were a lot better superintendents than me that lost their jobs for no apparent reason. I mean, it's just like you said. I mean, it's just. They make too much money, and mm-hmm. I, I've been just blessed to work for people that look beyond that. Um, Vanderbilt Legends School was great to me, yeah. and uh, you know, I came here, and it, it wasn't about money; yeah. it was more about just being excited again and working with my daughter and my two of my really good friends. And uh, yeah, it's, I love. I haven't looked back. I can tell you that. So, well, you certainly had a. A stellar, wonderful career, and you've been a you've been a lot to a lot of people. And I know that the guys that have worked for you and have gone on, you know, you've certainly been a, a big help in their you mm-hmm. know career. Um, I know one of the things that I always enjoyed was um, guys that worked for me that went on to mm-hmm. get a either another a higher a better assistant position or their first superintendent right. position. And 
obviously, I mean, that's a lot less for me than you, but I talk about how that makes, you know, f- you know, you sort of get that network going, but that's got to make you feel good. Oh, gosh, I, yeah, I have several. Yeah. I can't even name them all. I would hate to name. I have one that just got a very high-profile job actually here in town. Um, and he was worked for us back in, well, worked with us. Nobody actually works for me because yeah. I don't write the paycheck. Sure. Back in the 90s. And we've stayed in touch. I've had, they're just all over the place. I've had as many assistants and training go on to be successful superintendents. And uh, Billy encouraged me to start that program back in the 90s. And uh, several around town, so around the southeast. So that's been, you know, you can you only have so many assistant positions. Right. So we always have that assistant and training, the guy that might not, well, he can't find a job or just maybe not ready. Right. Um, have one now that's. He decided he wanted to move to Florida, and he's interviewing at some really high-profile uh, con- uh, places. And and a lot of that's because people I knew to call and say, hey, can you spread this guy's resume? It doesn't mean he's going to get the job, right. but, you know, you get an interview at some of these places. We've placed lots of people at Augusta for interns, and a lot of that was, uh, you know, Billy Fuller knew everybody there. and. You know, just we could get the guys the interview, but I always tell them, I can get you an interview, but I can't get you the job. Right. And I don't want to get you the job. Um, so, and I've had, we've had a few duds, too, that go out and don't make it. And usually it's because what they want out of life doesn't match what this business, this sure. is not a nine-to-five, you know, it's just whatever it takes. And I have a very, you know, for me, I have an easygoing uh, personality, so things don't rock me a whole lot. Right. Um, very comfortable standing up in front of a CEO or the country guys down at the chainsaw place. I don't care. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of brought up that way. So, well, you've been very instrumental in this industry and 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 especially in this area. What are some of the things that you've done from an association standpoint? I know we were on a uh, co- uh, board before, but what what are you still involved, or do you <laughs> help out, or what do you? I try not to say much now because they'll ask me to. They might ask you to go back. Sure. So, and I was. The, I did the board in the Carolinas in the eight. I started out on the Western North Carolina Turfgrass Association. Was the president there? Got asked to be on the board of the Carolinas. Was the president there in 1990 uh, for one year? And I was moving here, so it's it, normally a two-year term. Yeah. Came here, said, "Okay, I'm done. I don't want to do that anymore." And three years later, I was the president of Tennessee. And, uh, you know, it's that kind of thing. So I've been on and off boards. Yeah. Um, been on several national, you know, company boards. But uh, I never was interested in GCSA. But I always encourage my guys. As a matter of fact, uh, Phil Terhunart is one of our assistants on the board of Middle Tennessee right now as the assistant representative. And I, I just told him one day, I said, I'm nominating you for that. Is that okay? Yeah. And he says, Yeah. And I just think it's great for your career. Yeah. Um, you know, I, the funny thing with me, too, is I pursued uh, certification, not – I've been a certified superintendent since 86, and it's in addition to all the officers and everything. But I, I pursued that not for anybody else but me. Right. I already had a good job, and yeah. I wanted to do it. And, you know, some guys – it's okay if you pursue it to get a better job, but I think that, you know, if you do it for yourself first, it kind of leads into other things. Right. So – Um, But, yeah, I'm a big proponent of serving. But, you know, I'm getting a little bit older, and I want the young guys to do it. Now I watch, and I have opinions. But, you you know, our local associations are really well run now, and they do well, and I love the speakers we have. And um, 
you know, things like that. So yeah. I've been fortunate to do a lot of speaking at conferences. And a lot of that was just being blessed with Golf House Tennessee and all that research being dumped in my lap. And uh, yeah. never was my plan, but it worked <laughs> out great. So, Well, that's awesome. Um, what? So enough about all that mess. What do you What do you like to do when you're not oh, gosh. knee-deep in – golf course main and stuff what's your what's something you go to i still like to think i'm a runner uh i, <laughs> I ran i mean over the years i've ran more marathons than i wish to count yeah uh, and wouldn't mind doing one or two more my absolute favorite thing to do is spend time with my wife uh we're best friends we've been best friends since we were teenagers and uh, it's funny we don't even like to spend one night apart and yeah typically don't so but i have we uh, we like to go to the lake I, I enjoy playing golf. I mean, I and do putter around my yard. My wife says not enough. Yeah. She'll just say to me, "Hey, we could have a nicer yard." I know how. You, I know you know how to do it. So, uh, <laughs> so that, you know, I don't do a lot yeah. uh, off of work. We just hanging out with my wife and family. My son now lives in Louisiana. We have a granddaughter, so that that's a little hard. But I moved away from my parents twice, so I kind of expected it. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, but yeah, I'm not a big. I guess, I'd say running and golf. I, I enjoy. I used to like. I was so. I lived so close to Legends. I could just go down. There. I'd be watching a golf tournament, and get the bug to go hit balls, and I'd go down and hit balls. But yep. I'm a little further away now, so it's a little a little harder to do. So. Well, I'm. You know, um, you got to keep that golf game up because we'll have to play again sometime. Yeah, I, my handicap slipped up to six, which still most people go. Well, that's still pretty good, but if you're used to yeah. shooting 70, 75 your whole life and then without a lot of practice and all of a sudden, you know, I hit some of the best shots I've ever seen and then followed by some of the worst I've ever seen. That, so That's amazing what happens when you don't get to play as much. Yeah, and, you know, not quite as flexible or you're just doing something else that develops some different muscles yep. and all of a sudden I can't. Not making the same turn, not making it, and I'm not a real technical guy. I've always been this field guy, you know. Yeah. Just so uh, I've never taken. Well, I was in college. I guess we took it serious, but I was the fifth guy who, you know, hey, what Kennedy shoot today? Can we use a <laughs> score? You know, sometimes they could, sometimes they couldn't, but it was fun. Yeah, the golf game has definitely deteriorated for me. I, I made a dedication to get back in the gym and start, and I wanted to rededicate. I, it's it's definitely when you get it, you're older than me, but you know, when you get old, his body harder. just does not move like yeah. it used to. And especially when you're used to playing good golf. I mean, I still carry a three handicap, but I don't play like that. Yeah. Uh, it's once in a blue moon. That's kind of how I am. If you yeah. watch me play, you'll say, Oh, he's a five or six. Yeah. But if you actually add it up, it's, it, it can be yeah. there. But I do think, I mean, that has taken me a long way. Every golf course I've worked at, I made a point of playing with, the better members and the and the not so good members but they never questioned much about the golf course because they knew i was a good player yep. so it was like he gets it you yep. know he gets it and i never i think that helped me a lot i was forced into playing a exhibition with tom kite nine hole deal and <laughs> and i was nervous. i thought i was gonna kill somebody there's three or four hundred people watching never yep. played in front of a crowd and it was the week before he won the U.S. Open. It might have been the same Monday. 
and I beat him by two shots. Oh wow! But I'll I will say he was commenting on the golf course the whole way around. Yeah. But I didn't miss a green. I didn't, and I still go, where'd that come from? Like where where did that come from? Nobody's talking about that <laughs> yeah. nine holes anywhere. Where did that come <laughs> from? I just don't know how it happened. I really thought I was gonna kill somebody. Yeah. So. Well, I, I do think that's important point to to not uh, touch on is I I felt I felt like that for me was what cut my teeth and mm-hmm. got me to where it it I just understood the golf game I understood yeah. what I was looking for from the golf course and that sort of reverse engineered how to take care of things. It's not just about it being pretty, right? It has to be yeah. playable. And, so. and I definitely thought that just you know going out there putting chipping. Getting a feel for the greens, oh, hitting yeah. the ball into the greens, driving on a yeah. hole, figuring out how to set it up one way or another—that mm-hmm. that's something you'd learn playing the game. And exactly. then, then if you're in charge of maintaining it, you got a leg up on a lot of things. Yeah, I I I putt every day. Yeah, not so much in the winter, but here soon I will putt every day that I'm here. Yeah. I will roll some putts on several different greens. That hasn't made me a better putter because I'm usually not even aiming at the hole. I'm just seeing how they're rolling and. You know, I'm not taking it real serious, but uh, and I know that I, I know that the early morning golfers at least see me doing that. Yep. And uh, so when we tell them they're rolling a certain speed, I'm sure they're rolling a certain speed. And, yeah. Um, but I don't. One one thing I've always tried to do too is if a golfer came to me with a a complaint, that's fine. And if you have a complaint now, if I knew about it before you brought it to me then that that bothers me. Right. If you brought a complaint that I know about, great, we'll fix it. I'm yeah. sorry. But if you brought one that I knew about, that's the worst thing that could happen. Yeah. So, I, we, uh, and I tell these guys that there's if we know about it, go fix it. Yeah. We have I mean, time to do it. That's so, a great philosophy. Yeah. To and then we also, I have this other one. If it's not better this year, in some way, even if it's the same as it was last year, in the golfer's eyes, it's worse. Yeah. Is that's why they remodel cars every year. That's why you know golf drivers they don't hit any maybe a little bit further. Sure, that's because some people want to see something new. And so this year it's easy. My first year I got to do real all, all the bunkers. So yeah, it's, it's pretty nice change. What's the one piece of advice that you've been given that you would probably say is you latch on to when you? Uh, it's balance. Keep your life, your faith, and your job balanced. Yeah. Don't. Don't put any one above, you know, uh, the others. Uh, keep it balanced. I yeah. mean, I've always – church is important to me. I've, even when I work weekends, I I get there. You know, there's no excuse. Um, I, so that's it, balance. Yep. And, and and it wasn't so much told to me as it was uh, uh, by example. I mm-hmm. saw – my dad was good. My dad worked very, very hard but kept his family first and. uh I tell these guys as they'll, oh, I've got to stay home today with my kids. And it's like, hey, man, family first. You yeah. know, it's fine. But if you're not happy at home, you're never going to be happy. If you're coming to work because you're upset at home, work's not going to work either. So. No, that's never so good. That's probably been the – I mean, you might have been expecting some turf thing, but that's uh, no, I, more of a personal uh, – I'm very good at it because yeah. my wife and I are so close that, you know, I – I'd rather be home. I'd rather be. I have worked into a point where I don't work a lot of weekends. It uh, doesn't mean I'm not in touch and I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But it's a big club tournament. Yeah, I'm here. You know, but if it's just a normal weekend, if my assistants can't handle getting the greens mowed and the cups changed and the bunkers raked, and yeah. I need another assistant, which isn't the case, guys. So. Yeah. <laughs> I always said that eventually you work into that 
you, you want to put people around you that affords you the opportunity to, to kind of be in that position where sure. you don't have to be present all the time. Yeah. Cause you're, it's a, it is, it's a grind. It's a, it's always on your mind and it's something you think about. And, you know, I think that's a great place to be. Well, and I don't think members are, they're not, or your owner, they're not really appreciating that your guys that come in at six and leave at five thirty. Yeah. You know, or six o'clock at night, they don't even notice, you no. know, it's just do your job, do it right. Go home when you're supposed to go home. Now that doesn't mean I wouldn't be here 24 hours a day if I had to be. Yeah. And I've been there. Sure. But, uh, you know, most days I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not the first one out the door, but I'm behind everybody else. And I want the guys to be that way. Have a life, go home, be yeah. happy. It's not, you know, when I was younger, maybe, but even then I'd go get my son when he was an infant. We lived on the golf course and get him in a cart at night and we'd go water greens. We didn't have the luxury of computers and everything else. <laughs> so he was a, you know, little infant, six or seven months old. We're out watering greens at night. My wife would drive my wife crazy because he was, you know, get him in before dark. Yeah. <laughs> I remember those days. I'd I'd take my kids out, dog running around, yep. and just, I mean, that's great time to be out and just way yeah. to do it and get, you know, relieve the wife or whatever and just go do it. Yeah. Oh, I agree. You know? Um, so what do you think about this podcast thing? This, this, the idea that I wanted to, to I, you know, get our industry some voice talk about some things that we're dealing with, but also that, that last little bit about just work and balance and having all that, you know, that's part of what I want to do in terms of yeah. that. Cause this, this is a, a community. It's a fraternity of people. Sure it is. It's a, it's a lot of great individuals. It's not the most glamorous job in the world, but it's really something that, that doesn't get talked about. We only get brought up if something bad happens. And yeah. unfortunately, for the so, most part. Yeah. yeah and, I, right. and I, not that we'll ever change that, but uh, you know, I want to help, guys like you know there's not a whole lot that i can do for you but I, I i appreciate you sitting down and talking to me but this but i'm i'm curious as to what you think about the idea sitting down and, and getting people in front of a microphone just talking about their experiences and yeah. and um you know and i hope that it it you know i want it to be the biggest and the best and and in, in our industry i hope that that's something that i can pr- give back to them because it's given me a lot so i think it's great i i was I was kind of surprised in myself that I didn't hesitate more when you asked, yeah. um, but I don't mind talking. And when somebody's asking questions, it's actually pretty easy to give answers. Sure. But I agree with you that, I mean, I like people to hear, you know, they may not agree, but I like people, you know, if you want to know how I got to be 64 years old and still engaged and still, I mean, you just heard it. Yeah. So there's no way unless you were a close friend of mine that you, or asked me the question that you would know that, yeah. you know, you just say, oh, he's one lucky son of a gun that yeah. made it through all this. And, and there is some of that too, yeah. you know, or being blessed, however you want to look at it. So, and I won't tell you that when I was in my fifties, I wasn't afraid of, you know, I had a lot of friends losing their jobs and made too much money, Yeah, but no, I think it's a great deal and I'm not familiar. You know, I had to ask you, how do I listen to it? But, right. but I'll definitely listen to it and I hope it helps some guys that maybe are struggling with, you know, why, why, why am I, you know, not that happy? Why? Right. You know, most of the times I see superintendent not very happy. He's asked to do more than he has resources for, or his heart's not in it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I worked at places that had no money, like none. It was me and two firemen that worked, you know, 24 hours and then they worked firemen 24 and then came to work. That was it. I mean, we're maintaining a golf course. Yeah. Worked every day, but I, 
you know, that's kind of your trial by fire. If you like it, you put up with it. And then if you don't, yeah. so, uh, you know, I was, I was fortunate. My first superintendents were pretty good. One taught me what I just talked to you about. The other one showed me the other side and, yeah. and proved that the first guy was right. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's, I think it's important. I mean, it's something, it's new to me. I was aware of, you know, podcasts for other things, right. but I think it's pretty neat. I'm looking forward to listening to it in the future. Well, as long as you don't mind hearing yourself talk. I know uh, that was a most I sound like a country boy, but I'm from, you know, being from New York, everybody goes, there's no way you're from New York. I said, well, you know, you're, I left when I was 18. Yeah. It was a long time ago. And I, I still say there was a mix up that I always supposed to have been from the South. So I don't, not too many people ask and I don't, if, if people ask me where I'm from, a lot of times I'll just say Western North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. Well, the biggest thing, the biggest challenge, and, and this is where you you can pay up, and I hope that this helps a lot of guys, is, is they have been apprehensive. Or, or I've reached out. I've I've probably made a list, pipeline list, you know, because I know I've known so many guys in this industry. And like we were talking before, I, golf has given me an end to, to get yeah. started. Yeah. But I really wanted to expand to the green industry because we kind of bought, battle a lot of things. And I want to help guys that are doing lawn care and, and landscape and irrigation sure. and whatnot. Yeah. So. I hope that it opens their eyes that, hey, it's not, you know, that this is something that could be important. It's they Everybody's got something to say. Everybody's got a story. Yeah. And as much as we knew each other, just sitting down for this length of time and talking opens up my eyes to you, and it, it's, a, it's something that I really appreciate you doing. Mm. I was – you'll be shocked at the people that have been apprehensive, and you were like, yeah, I'll do it. And that and that meant a lot to me, and I, and I think that it's going to really uh, pay a um, – a lot going forward. Yeah, I, I hope more people will do it. I mean, this is pretty easy to do. Yeah, sit down and talk to your friend. Yeah, you know, it's not. And then my my goal is, you know, I want to help people. Sure. I mean, that's I love. You know, when somebody comes back to me and says, "Boy, I, it'd be great if somebody comes." Boy, I heard your part about balance. Yeah. Boy, isn't that important? You know, isn't that great? I don't do that. So, and I'm not perfect, but yeah. I made it. Well, it's it's small right now, but it's gaining uh, ground, and yeah. we're we're get the word out, and yeah. and yeah. I appreciate you sitting down. But believe it or not, it's been over an hour. And wow! So I I I I'm gonna ask you and put you on the spot, but I know right. the answer already. But you um you're not on any social media or anything, right? Just Facebook. Correct. And, yep. Yeah. Just Facebook. Just too old to get into all that stuff, yep. right? <laughs> don't want to. Well, when I when I post this out, because I use social media to kind of. Um, Promoted and blasted. I'll yeah. I'll say Twitterless or yeah. Instagram. There you go, Joe Kennedy. Then give my email. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I'll um, we'll get it out and, and doing all that. But uh, I appreciate Great. you doing. Yes, this. sir. Thanks for asking. So uh, for everybody, that's uh, in, that's it. And until uh, next time, we'll talk to you soon. Right. Thanks for listening. Thank you.